Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators, a community of math teacher educators learning to teach math teachers better. I'm your co-host, Dusty Jones, and joining me today is Jen Wolf. Hi, Jen. Hi, Dusty. Uh, today, we're talking with Mrs. Pat Nash and Ms. Brittany Rollins, who are both eighth grade mathematics teachers. Pat is in her 49th year of teaching with all of them at Mance Park Middle School in Huntsville, Texas. And Brittany's in her seventh year of teaching at Midway Middle School in Hewitt, Texas. We're talking with Pat and Brittany today because we'd like to hear about their experiences in teaching mathematics, particularly in working with prospective teachers during field placements. Welcome, Pat and Brittany. How are you guys doing? Fine, thank you. I'm great. Good. So can you take a minute to introduce yourself beyond what I already shared? What did we miss? Pat, let's start with you. Uh, you didn't miss anything. I have 49 years of teaching all at Mass Park Middle School. My claim to fame, I guess, is that I taught your children. That's right. Yeah. So all three <laughs> of my kids went through Miss Nash's uh, Algebra 1 class and uh, are, are all the better for it. Uh, Brittany, what about you? you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think much either. Um, I'm still... I'm still teaching at the school that I did my student teaching with. So part of this being talking about working with prospective teachers and field placements. So I am currently teaching at the school and even in the same classroom that I did my field placement in through Baylor. So that's kind of my fun fact around campus. Great. So we are, this is a little bit different. And before we started recording, um, I, I was talking a little bit about uh, we're talking with current math teachers, but we realize that math teachers also are part of the math teacher education pipeline because of these field placements. And so um, I guess the first question um, we'll ask is, how did you start teaching math teachers? Uh, so, Pat, I'll, I'll throw that one to you first. Um, well, I had the opportunity several years ago to be involved in the text teams program for the state. I was a state trainer for text teams mm -hmm. and also the T cubed program. We did some training for T cubed and I got to work with uh, ETS educational testing services as a consultant. They had me doing some field testing for them. And I just, I enjoyed doing those things. I enjoyed working with, with uh, teachers in workshops and things like that. And uh, I haven't done that in several years. I, I feel like I'm a little too old now to be doing that. But uh, that kind of started it. And of course, because I'm a graduate of Sam Houston and here in Huntsville, it's really easy for uh, Sam Houston to place students in my classroom. I have to be honest with you, my very favorite placement, though, are before the student teaching semester when yes. they're, you know, they're still the, that pre-service pre time. Uh, those are the ones that I really like because they don't have any preconceived ideas and they, you know, they come in new and fresh and you just kind of throw them to the wolves and uh, let them, let them do their thing. And it's just so much fun to watch them. Yeah. Brittany, what about you? When did you get involved in this part? Um, I think kind of same being, being in, um, one, I'm in a professional development school, so we are a, a, a PDS partner um, at my campus, which means we have um, teaching associates. So those are the, the junior level um, Baylor students, um, as well as interns, the, the senior level um, 
Baylor students, but um, going through the program and then still being here after I had been through my three years, um, I could become a mentor teacher. So I've had um, both levels of the junior and the senior. So, and then we have sophomore levels coming in and observing a lot. So just being one, it's still my professors that I had that are still there. So they, they kind of knew me already. Mm -hmm. Um, but being at a a PDS partner school, um, has allowed us to, to kind of keep with that and get, um, different placements with student teachers. So what's the best advice you received when you started uh, working with these uh, prospective teachers? I guess, Brittany, I'll start with you on that one. I think just to show them what it's really like, show them, um, let them experience kind of all the things. Um, We're often, you know, like, oh, we're going to not not let them get involved in everything. Like they're not going to grade. They're not going to do parent emails They're They're going to kind of just be over there. And we're, you know, we're told day one, like they're, they're a co-teacher. They are the same as you, like get them involved, get them in, um, let the kids see them as the same and not like, Oh, you're just here on the side. Like you don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just changes the way it is in the classroom. I mean, we're, we're a team, we're both teachers, the kids walk in and don't know who's teaching that day. Um, and it's just, I think helps that flow really easily. Um, so I think that was kind of what they tell us as mentor teachers, like let them jump in, let them, let them contact parents, let them with supervision, but let them do the things that a teacher is going to have to do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, really letting them really experience what it's really like mm-hmm. as a teacher. Um, Pat, what about you when you were working with math teachers? What's some advice that you got that that was really helpful? Well, I don't know if it's advice that I got, but it's it's something that I have have had to learn over the years. And that's it's an old adage, be the guide on the side, not the stage, sage on the stage. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like just like my students, I want them to struggle. I want them to learn to deal with the hard stuff. Well, I, that's the way I feel about the my little student teachers and my uh, the, the kids that come into my classroom. They just they have to jump right in. They have to they have to struggle. They yeah. they're going to have lessons that don't work, and they've got to experience that. And they've got to experience how to deal with. Oh, that lesson didn't work. Let's let's change it right midstream. And you know some of those daily things that we as teachers go through. I just, yeah. I think those are those are important experiences and. I like to provide those. I'm, I'm in agreement. We just, you know, you just, they just got to jump in. They got to do it all. They go to the parent conferences and they, uh, you know, they deal with the, the student discipline issues and, you know, all the same things that we as teachers have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So if we could maybe turn this question around, if you were giving advice, um, maybe it's the same sort of stuff that we already talked about, but if someone uh, if someone came up to you and said, "Hey, I'm I'm getting a student teacher. I'm going to be I'm going to be, you know, uh, doing some initial placements. What do I do? Um, what advice would you give them, Pat, on that? Treat them as an equal. Okay. Let them come in. I mean, uh, like Brittany said, they they we don't know who's teaching that day. You know, they're they're equal. Uh, I generally, when I get a student teacher for the first day, I introduce them and say, you know, this. This person is now your teacher. Mm. And 
I'm, I'm not a really good mentor teacher because I don't like to leave the room. I like to stay in, in the room with my, with my students. They're my responsibility. I've got to make sure that they're ready for the EOC and so forth. Uh, but I tell the students, that's your teacher. And so when they turn to me and ask me a question, no, I'm not your teacher. You know, that's your teacher. So I would encourage whoever's going to get a student teacher to actually treat them as an equal. They're, you know, they're, they're just like me. And they're going to do their thing and you're going to listen to them and you're going to respect them for that. Yeah. What about you, Brittany? What if? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of that too. Um, one, I think thing that among some of my coworkers that we've talked about is, you know, some people don't want an intern. They don't, they don't want a student teacher because they have to give up control <laughs> in their classroom. And that's scary for some people to, to trust their kids and their stuff with, with a new teacher. Um, but I think that is just a big part of it is you have to give up some of that control of, okay, like you said, Miss Nash, I'm going to let them teach a lesson and I'm going to sit back. And if they bomb that lesson, that's okay. We're going to talk about it. We're going to adjust. We're going to catch up where we need to catch up. We're going to, um, whether that's the next day or the next class period, um, that's good for them. So I think be flexible and give up some of that control. And like that, that's okay. If that happens, um, things are fixable. You can, you can come back and mm -hmm. reteach a lesson. Um, but that's, what's going to be best for, the, the team involved, um, the student teacher involved. Yeah. I think what you said just now is very powerful. Anything is fixable. You know, and I think that's one thing that, that student teachers are, are a lot of times afraid of is that I'm going to mess up mm -hmm. you know, my lesson. You know, it's not going to, I'm going to ruin the kids. And so I agree with you. We, you know, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to make mistakes. They're easily fixable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like not, not hiding when we make mistakes and when we change things from the, the student teacher, mm -hmm. I mean, I may change something class period to class period and they not know why, but to go back and say like, Hey, you know, I, I messed up. I, I did this wrong. Here's how I'm going to adjust that. Um, and let them kind of see that process so that, like you said, they know, Oh, that happens. Like even with experienced teachers and that's okay. Happens a lot with experience. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious what um what strengths have you all seen in the the prospective teachers that you've mentored? And a follow up is uh, what have you learned about yourself through mentoring? I think for me, I mean, the strengths is these these student teachers coming in. I mean, I'm I'm not that far out, but the kids connect to them even more than they do me a lot of times. Um, I'll have students that they might be talking to me and then my student teacher walks in the room and they're like gone. Like they didn't want anything to do with me. So I think like they, they bring things in that are relevant to the kids. Um, and the kids can sometimes relate to that. Um, they're in the class, they're at, at Baylor, they're at different things. They're learning kind of the new stuff that, you know, I may not see, or I may not know about, um, and get to bring in new, new things. So I think that's one benefit and one strength that a lot of the ones I've worked with, I've seen 
Now, I've had a lot of student teachers over the years, and the thing that has most impressed me in recent years is that they're much more prepared content-wise. They have a really good, firm background in their content, and that's extremely impressive and very, very necessary, very helpful to me. But I also agree that one thing that, that I love about student teachers is the fact that they know all this new stuff. I don't know anything. I don't know a lot about technology and all the, you know, a lot of the new things. And so they bring in all really cool ideas that I steal. I have to admit, I have to admit I steal. <laughs> and, and Jen, what was the follow-up question that you asked about that? Yeah, yeah I'm curious of um, what have you learned um, through this experience in mentoring young, uh, young future teachers? Like I say, I've learned a lot of technology from them and a lot of the, you know, the new, the new stuff that, cause you know, the kids do relate and they are, they're all always asking me questions that I don't have a clue what they're talking about, you know, uh, Minecraft and stuff like that. I don't know, but the, you know, so the, the new technology, the latest in technology is really impressive. But I think I've also learned that I've had to give up control. I'm one of those control freaks. And she was talking about a lot of teachers don't like student teachers because you have to give up control. That's that has been my biggest uh, problem area. That's why I say I'm not a very good mentor teacher, because I have a really hard time giving up control. But I've had to learn to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm a better person for it because it translates then to my students. I give up control to my students. I just stand back and let them struggle and let them be frustrated and let them grow from that. And that's why you have to treat student teachers too. You just have to kind of stand back and let them struggle. I think it's powerful too, that um, your students can see model the ways that um, you're able to collaborate with the person that you're mentoring. So they see it as like a by relational, right? And so well, maybe if they see you collaborating, that. then they also like, well, wait a minute, we can collaborate in class too, because we see our teachers doing it. That's good. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. But my, my students sit in groups, so I encourage collaboration. Mm -hmm. But to model appropriate collaboration is very powerful. Yeah. I've going back to that, you just said how your students are sitting. I looked at your room and I looked up at my room and my desk are the exact same way as yours. I was like, oh. Well, my desk are this way because we're giving, we're giving benchmark tests tomorrow. Oh, Normally okay. my, my groups are actually in little pods of three. Gotcha. But, but right now we're, in, I like having them, them groups. Yeah, they're in, my kids really like the pairs. They, mm -hmm. they like that. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say too, something I've learned is just um, to try, to try new things. I mean, there's times when I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's going to work, but I'm like, all right, it's your lesson. Like, let's go for it. Let's try it. And sometimes it surprises me instead of just being like, nah, that that's not how this, that's not going to work. Like, this is how we did it last year. Like, let's just do it this way. Having a new student teacher each year, um, I've gotten to see different units taught different ways. It helps me to not just do the same thing every year. Cause that's what we've done. It's like, oh, you're teaching this unit. That's not how we taught it last year because a different student teacher maybe was teaching that unit. So I think that helps me to not just kind of get in that, let's do the same thing that we've always done um, kind of mindset. That's great. So one, our next question is more um, maybe beyond what the small conversation, but as math teachers, 
as teachers in general, there's a hundred things to do and then it first period's over and then you have another hundred things to do. Um, so there's so much going on. Um, one question we're asking all of our guests is how do you set boundaries and priorities to get the right things done and still enjoy your life? <laughs> life? What's, what's yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'll be honest with you, I make lists. I have lists, 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 lists of things, and I prioritize those lists. And if I get mm -hmm. them done, fine. If I don't get something done, then it goes on the list for tomorrow. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's me. I have all the to-do lists and calendar and things. Um, but I think just with juggling that, having a having a student teacher in the room, I'm like, man, I need to grade this, and I need to do this, and I need to make copies. I'm like, hey, you know, we have we have conference right now. Can you go make copies while I do this? And mm -hmm. so again, like giving some of those tasks to her and like sharing that, um, helps me or like, okay, she might be teaching this lesson. I need to sit at my desk and, you know, enter this or do something. Um, a lot of times we're both up and we're both teaching a lesson, but there's times when I'm like, okay, like you need to know what it'd be like to teach all by yourself. Cause that's what you're going to do next year. Um, so there's times when, you know, she's teaching, I try to sit back a little bit more. Um, and then that allows me a little bit of time during the day. That's not mm -hmm. conference to mark some things off my list. That's good. That's good. I like how you connected that to the topic there. And, and really it leads me to the next question. Um, when you're working with prospective teachers in the classroom, how do you structure their time in the classroom? Really? I think Pat, I want to ask this question a little bit differently. Earlier, you said your favorite people to work with were the ones where it was their first placement in a classroom. Can you can you talk about what you have them do and, and why you like that so much? Well, this is actually the semester before they do their student teaching. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there are, there are different words, but these are the, the ones that just have to have observation hours. Yeah. But they don't just come in and observe in my classroom. We, uh, I am immediately get them up and involved with the students because, like I say, we sit in groups, and so they're constantly going around the room while I'm while I'm teaching, or I'm going around the room while they're teaching. Uh, I don't make them teach initially, but I usually at, at initially their their first time they teach, it's a lesson that I prepared and we've talked about. But then eventually they'll teach their own lesson because, you know, mm -hmm. they have to at least teach one lesson. But I want them up and doing. Uh, I'm not real big on them grading papers because that's the way I learn what my students know and don't know. Mm -hmm. But when it's an assignment that they have made, then I would expect them to grade the papers. So they do just about everything I do, even at this level. This is mm -hmm. you know prior to student teaching. When they're just in here observing, I expect them to be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> what about you, Brittany? What do you have? Uh, what do you have those pr perspective, the interns do? Yeah. I mean, same thing. Baylor, Baylor gives them a, they, they jump right in where they have to do. So they're junior level. Um, they're in the classrooms. They're doing warm ups. They're doing small groups. They're doing um, a few whole teach lessons. Um, but Baylor has it very structured out of in the first this many weeks, like you need to have done so many warm-ups, you need to have done a, a small group. Um, and so we kind of just 
can go off of kind of Baylor's outline for that. Uh, and then when they're seniors, they have to have so many full teach weeks. So many of those have to be a whole unit, some mm -hmm. back to back. Um, so we kind of go off of that, but yeah, day one, I mean, as a, I don't know how it is with, with Sam Houston students, but Baylor, like they are in the classroom day one, they're there Monday through Thursday until April. Um, so they jump right in with getting to know the kids, knowing mm -hmm. the, knowing all their names, um, warm ups. I usually try to ease them in like, Hey, go over this warm up like in second or third period, you know, they've heard it once or twice, um, mm -hmm. and kind of ease them in, but yeah, then they're, they're writing their own lessons. They have to talk about them with us, plan them with us. And then they, they're teaching their full lessons. So kind of like you said, Miss Nash, they're, they're doing all of it from pretty much the beginning. Um, but, but Baylor kind of structures like what things that they have to be doing, um, which helps us just go off of that. That's good. So you have some, some kind of guidance there. Uh, my, my first experience with observe observation, we had to do, I think uh, this was in a different state, but we had to do, I, I want to say 25 or 30 hours of observation. And, and normally that was, you just go for a couple of hours once a week to a classroom. Uh, but I worked out a deal where over spring break, I was going to go back to my old high school where my sister and brother were still enrolled. And I was just going to observe it was a really tiny school. There were two math teachers. And so I was going to be with Mr. Miller, um, who was my uh, calculus teacher. And instead, when I got there, he said, oh, okay, today you're going to, you're going to get to know the kids, but you already know most of them. Um, Cause you haven't, you just graduated a couple of years ago and I'm not going to just have you here. You're also going to go to the other math teacher. So you can know what geometry is like. And by the way, on Wednesday, you're teaching this class. And I was like, what? <laughs> and because uh, I was only there for a week, but it, I was really hooked uh, after that of just being able to get in and get those experiences and, uh, you know, stuff went terribly, you know, and, and, but like you said earlier, everything was fixable. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, I was really glad that they had that mindset uh, that it sounds like you have as well uh, to just get those people involved in every way that they can. Yeah. So we've uh, had some students come in from other other places and and just observe. I'm like, you're you're not gonna learn anything. I mean, you yeah. may pick up on a few things just observing, but just sitting there watching, like you're you're not gonna not gonna get much out of that. Yeah, Pat has has working with with uh, student teachers or you know those students in that semester prior to student teaching. Has that changed? In, in measurable ways that you can think of over the time that you've been doing this? As I said, they come much more prepared than they okay. used to. Uh, and other than that, really, they're, you know, they're just, they're people. <laughs> they're, yeah, just, right. they're, they're just like, you know, they, they do the same thing. They Now, you know, there are those that don't really want to, they're, they're there literally to observe. And they find out really quickly that that's not going to happen in my class, you know, and, but after that initial, and I think usually it's just a little bit of trepidation, you know, mm -hmm. a little fear. Uh, it's easier to sit back and observe than it is to, to get your feet wet, you know, you know, just get in there and do it. But uh, they realize 
quickly, I think, that the kids are so forgiving and so loving. Like you say, they they like the students, student teachers better than they like mm-hmm. me too. Of course, you know, I'm old, so I don't relate <laughs> to them as well. But uh you, you get back, you get past that. And I haven't had as much of that in recent years, that that fear of a participation. So I think that's been a big change. I don't know what's causing it. Maybe it's just society in general, but uh, they're, they're not nearly as, as fearful of getting in and talking to the kids and, and interacting with the students as they used to be. That's, that's the biggest change I, I've seen. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Pat and Brittany, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And, and uh, one thing I said in an email, but I'll say it uh, out loud right now is I've been looking forward to talking with both of you uh, for this podcast ever since we started it years ago. And uh, I just I just finally got the, the <laughs> gumption to actually contact you and say, would you take some time out of your busy teaching schedule and talk with us? So thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for asking me. I was a little bit nervous, but, but it was okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast, and we hope you're able to take action on something you just heard and interact with other math teacher educators, maybe even a pre-service teacher educator. Also, did you know that AMTE has another podcast, the Math Teacher Educator Podcast? The MTE podcast accompanies the latest edition of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal and has authors discuss the work they have submitted for publication to the journal. Find a link to the MTE podcast in the show notes for this episode.